Here we go, and welcome to a special bonus APW property episode. This is for our special APW property partners people. And in these episodes, once a week, uh, they'll be taking a much shorter format and we will be looking at frequently asked questions or questions we have been asked in the previous week or the current week uh, of recording. So I thought we'd start with a nice, simple one. I was messaged by a guy called... (laughs) by a guy called John in South Korea. He's just moved to South Korea. He's been there a couple of years. He's working in education. And as part of a long, long email, one of his questions was, what are the barriers to entry of getting involved in property? So having a little think about this myself, I've come up with four things that I think might be the most obvious immediate barriers to entry for someone. Those being uh, getting a deposit together, being, living, working overseas, perhaps a poor credit rating or a lack of knowledge um, about the space. So for those listening, it's not just me on my own, believe it or not. I am actually here with Stuart Williamson. Stuart, how are you? Not bad. Thank you very much. All good. Okay. So uh, let's start with the deposit. I, I think that's probably, the, the, you know, first and foremost of most people's minds when it comes to property as the main barrier to entry, would would you agree? Do you see it as a barrier to entry, or you know, what do you think about the deposit? Yeah, I think the issue is really is, is that you know, as an expatriate, obviously prior to COVID, not so much at the moment, but there's always a great demand on people's funds, and you know, you want your kids to go to the best schools, uh, you want to live in a good location. There's a lot of peer pressure from other people. You know, keeping up with the Joneses, I think, has become a or is, as always has been, a big thing with expatriates. So you do tend to overspend. And so having the discipline to save money for a deposit can be a, quite a boring thing. And it does get tend to get put to the bottom of the list, to be fair. And at the same time, you know, people think being an expat is a life of Riley. Um, and it isn't. You know, they, they do want, employers do want, their full pound of flesh and so quite often expats you know teachers like your man there but also you know professional expats not teachers aren't professional of course uh they are very much working long long hours you know 12 14 hours a day minimum actually that's good i think that that would actually perhaps be another barrier to entry as well right finding the time to do it um you know, especially as you say, being overseas, you tend to, you you seem to always be on the clock, you know, you're never really off, you get the weekends to yourself, but even then in the international schools, there's there's sort of workshops and sports, sports things going on on the weekends. So, um, yeah, you know, I think quite a few teachers have mandatory weeks away during the holidays when they've got to go and take the kids for X, Y, Z, you know, I don't know, Duke of Edinburgh sort of things. But, um, yeah, I think time is an issue. Discipline is an issue as far as getting into the market. And also, I think it's not as tax efficient as it was. And there's a lot of rumors and talk about that. A lot of coffee sort of coffee machine discussions. And people tend to listen to their mates as opposed to listening to professionals. Because, again, there's quite a lot of distrust in the offshore market. But I was having a chat with someone on Monday. And he said, I like this idea a lot. And he said, I'm going to speak to some of my friends at school and see what they're doing. And I thought, well, hey, 
isn't that the wrong way around? You shouldn't be talking to me about what people are doing. But obviously, he thinks I'm going to try and sell him something. And damn right I am, because property is a good idea. Very well said. Thank you. And there's a few things you said there. You know, I would agree um, that in itself is a barrier to entry. You know, some of the changes and, you know, the stamp duty changes, for example, that have come in, that makes it a little bit more expensive to, to get in. So that barrier to entry is a bit higher. But again, as you know, something we always harp on about, right? If you're buying it for the longer term to buy and hold it, then those higher barriers to entry shouldn't really matter. I mean, if you're trying to flip a property and make a short-term profit, then those bigger initial costs do factor in. But over the longer term, it's not really an issue. You know, what's an extra 2%, an extra two to four grand on a hundred to 200,000 pound property over a 15-year period? You know, it's, it's not an awful lot. So I think... Um, I think you're right, and 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 when it comes down to the um, you know the initial deposit, there's not really any way to fluff around that, is there? You know, it is a barrier to entry. If you haven't got a deposit to to put down and buy a property, you need to save up so that you can do that, right? Um, that is. Well, you can always. I mean, our, our good friends at Prosperity they recognise this, and that's why they do their you know monthly savings program. To let people get into the market and that is a great way of doing it because you know they're a good responsible reliable company and so they're a good company to buy from and if you can put down 1500 pounds or 2000 pounds a month and that's just your deposit then happy days because you don't have to worry about getting together 50 or 60 thousand pounds because it is hard yeah so more of an, an enforced approach to the savings a discipline you know a set disciplined approach rather than trying to do it yourself yeah once you're in the discipline and you're you're forced to save then i find being forced to save is a great thing because you know you'll always find money at the end of the day as our, my old man used to say to me stew always be over your head and if you're always over your head financially you'll always okay not be very relaxed but you will be able to you know, get the money together eventually to pay things good very, very sage words from, from uh, your old man there. Norman, Norman, it was Norman. Go on, Norman. Well done. Thanks, Norman. Okay. Yeah. Being, being overseas, let's just touch on these last points and these are bonus episodes. So they are a bit shorter. And if, if people to all those millions of people listening around the world, <laughs> if you want any more information, then you can get in touch with us and we can send you more info on these points. Uh, what would you say about lack of knowledge? You know, how do you how do you ensure you can be clued up on the right stuff or working with the right people? Again, it's a, it's about research. You know, it's about you've got to go out there and do your own research. You've got to do as much as you can. You've got to speak to people who are experienced and are knowledgeable in it. And it's difficult to do. I mean, I was speaking to a chap yesterday in Saudi, and. Um, I said to him about HMOs, and he was like, what's a HMO? And I thought, well, you know, a B, a, you know, what, B, BTLs, buy to let, what's one of those? Sandwich. And it is difficult. Sorry? It's a sandwich, isn't it? A BTL? Um, bacon, lettuce, and that's a BLT, I think. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a case of it is difficult because, you know, I talk about property a lot, but, you know, people talk to me about other things and other acronyms. And I haven't got a Scooby-Doo because I don't know what they mean. So you do need to try and immerse yourself, do some of these courses, read a lot of books, get the stuff on the internet, 
you know, that's what I would do. Just read, 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 and research, 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 and listen, listen, listen. I totally agree. And it, and again, I think perhaps that's something that people people that aren't very, very serious don't necessarily want to hear. You know, they don't want to hear that you have to save for a deposit and they don't want to hear that you have to spend some time researching and finding places to buy. But in actual fact, you do need to do those things. And the more of it you do, the better position you're going to put yourself in. So take the time, as you say, watch videos, read books, read articles, sign up to some newsletters and start immersing yourself in the world of UK property and you'll start getting an idea of what it is you need to do and getting some knowledge because it's not really that difficult once you understand the basics. No, I mean, if you listen to people like, um, you know, the Night Frank Intelligence Talks on a Friday, you know, that's down to earth knowledge that, you know, just, you know, kicks into touch a lot of this sensationalism that you see in the, you know, in the, the gutter press, like the Daily Mail, that sort of stuff. You have to listen to professionals. I mean, I know they've got their own axe to grind, which is they are in selling property themselves, but they are companies that have been around 250 years and they're not going to mess you about. Good. Yeah, and I think uh, that the companies like that have changed now anyway. You know, it's all research-led, all research-led selling anyway, isn't it? You know, it's what we're trying to do is help people make informed buying decisions with research uh, from places like the ONS and the UK government, Savills, Knight Frank, all of those sorts of places. So I think, Absolutely. I think unless you've got anything else to add, I think we've got our 10 minutes there. We should leave it there for want of not boring people and straying off into all sorts of different veins, which is easy to do. Uh, what do you, what do you think? Have you got any, anything else you'd like to add on barriers to entry? I think, we should do a bibliography of things that people, or books that people can read, websites they can go to, magazines they can subscribe to. If we did that and gave that to clients, that would be a good start, I think, as well. Then if up to then, isn't it? It's caveat emptor. If people are really keen, they'll go and pick it up. If, um, if they're not keen, they won't. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. Well, we, um, yeah, no, I agree. Well, let's get that together. We'll start sending it out to people. Uh, we we do also for those that are in the uh, property partners membership at the end of our weekly research reports and our monthly research briefs we do have you know all the places all the articles all the reports that we've referenced so if people do want to read further into it they can go and find where we've got it from and, and dig down into the figures and the details to see what it's all about got a good great idea great okay well thanks very much for your time i hope Everyone listening has found that informative. Thanks, Stuart. We'll um we'll speak soon. Take care. Bye bye. Cheers.